Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Brian Jackson. He is an international motivational speaker. He is a native to St. Louis area and has an extraordinary story of survival to share. He believes that one's choice is either victim or victory. And I already know your choice is victory, isn't it? Yeah, right. So when I met you, and this was at a podcast panel that I was on, um, that UMSL was doing for their MDMC, their their that was that a fabulous. It was a fa- very fabulous event. I mean, I learned a lot of new things. I refreshed old things, and it was it's awesome. Incredible. And I got to meet new people too. So. Yeah. See, that's what's so good about it. I got to meet you, and you're like, "Hi, here's me. Here's about me." And we worked together at a TEDx before. Yes, the very first one. The very when I went the magic house. Oh my gosh! See, that was so. That was a youth event. Yes. Yeah, that is going. But that feels like forever ago. It does feel like forever ago. It really does, doesn't it? We've seen it like three or four years ago. It probably that's all. <laughs> it just seems like it was like because I think when we when we first started TEDx, we were all like. Let's do another event. Oh, that was fun. Let's do another one. And then after a couple of years, we're like, wow, this is a lot of work. Maybe we should settle down a little bit, you know, and, and concentrate on a bigger event and grow it from there. So, yeah. Cause it, so it's like we did 27 events in like this much time. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I'm exaggerating a bit. Um, okay, so, so you had at this conference, you handed me a piece of paper that mm-hmm. was information about you. And I was so touched by it. I was like, what an extraordinary story uh, needs to be told. And what I love so much is that you have shared with me that the whole reason for sharing this story is to help others, is to be in service to others. So tell us your story. Um, so and when I was born, I was born to a very loving mother and a father who is very questionable. Um, at first he wanted a kid, but then he didn't want one. So fast forward to 1992, when I was 11 months old, um, my father made a surprise visit to the hospital I was staying at when I was having an asthma attack, um, got my mother out of the room, and this is where it was predicted. Uh, he was a phlebotomist, or a blood technician, so he stole HIV-tainted blood from his workplace and intentionally injected me with the HIV virus, hoping I would die off and he wouldn't have to pay child support. Not only was it HIV-tainted blood, it was also incompatible blood. So my vital signs were freaking out, going um, all over the place. 24 hours later, they were able to get me to another hospital and stabilize me. Doctors thought that was the weirdest thing. However, at the end of the day, um, they predicted I have a normal, healthy, happy life. And... um, sent home from the hospital and my dad's probably stayed around in the picture for about a month later and told my mom don't worry about looking me up for child support she didn't think uh, much about that until 1996 when i went from being this playful happy energetic five-year-old to this bloated feverish sick kid and um doctors um tested me for numerous diseases even rare ones that don't exist in other countries and then finally it came down to I know this is impossible, but let's test him for HIV. The results came back. I was diagnosed with full-blown AIDS. 
So my T cell count was at zero. I had three opportunities of infections. They put me on 22 oral medications, three IV antibiotics, two injections daily. And after coding twice, the doctors sent me home to die, um, giving me five months to live, told my mom to start working on funeral arrangement oh and uh, hospice arrangements and all that. Um, but, uh, you know, five months passed and I wasn't supposed to see the age of six. But uh, this past year, I celebrated my 26th birthday. I am, so I'm, I'm kind of speechless because I can't, okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get upset. I just can't believe how evil that is. I just can't believe how evil that is. So. How did you get to a place where you could forgive this man? So um, I was doing a lot of, I went through a lot of bullying and I had to have, start having these, um, you know, when, when I say you can either live the role of the victim or the victory, that's all about the perspective shift. Right. Oftentimes people will say, hey, um, we need to move mountains. And no, normally we don't need to move mountains. We just need to take two steps you decide to get a better view. I love it. And so um, there was a moment my sophomore year where I felt like I was stuck in traffic. You know, where you're going somewhere, but you just quite can't, you yeah. like can't get there. And I'm I not gotcha. talking about people who like are still sitting in the driveway. I'm talking about people <laughs> who are on Highway 70 <laughs> I'm here and I don't know what to do and nothing's moving. And I found out we have a lot of baggage and a lot of baggage we have is because we have bitterness for the past. And And in order to pursue life's fullest, what life has offered for today and give hope for tomorrow, you got to let go of the past. I mean, the biggest saying is, hey, we can't change the past. You can't. But we can do something today that brings hope for tomorrow. And so I was doing a lot of searching, and um, as a Christian, I was just look, keep on reading these verses about forgiveness, and they just keep on like coming at me. I just wasn't even, I wasn't looking for them. It's just like one of those moments where it's like, get out of here. Someone's <laughs> trying like, to I'm tell just, me something. <laughs> uh, I'm just seeing them. Well, and you were and you were listening, obviously, because you were paying attention. You were getting the messages, yes. right? And so um, at the end of the day, I realized forgiveness isn't about the other person. Correct. It's about freeing yourself from the situation. And that means so you're no longer identified by what they did. You're no longer, um, you're identified by where you're going and who you are. And oftentimes people think that forgiveness means forgetting. And I don't believe that because your most valuable asset in life is your height and you have to protect it. Right. But I tell people all the time, you know, if you want to pursue a relationship with somebody who's, who has hurt you in the past, like um, proceed with caution. Well, right. Proceed with caution. Right. Set up boundaries. There's a healthiness to boundaries right. in life. And so at the end of the day, um, when I forgave my father, that's just when my house started uh, turning for the good. You know what? I, I felt this huge weight lift off my shoulders. I was even forgiving people in my past. But you know what? My health kind of did a um, a turnaround um, where I was, I'm now what they call undetectable. So my viral load has been sustained and my okay. T-cell count is on an all-time high, giving me a 0% chance of passing out of the virus. So the big picture here is I hope to be a daddy someday. And because I let go of the past, right. I did something for today that gives me hope for the future. Oh my gosh. So so do you do you have any, I mean, is he still alive? 
He is still alive. He's serving a life sentence in prison. He was actually up for parole okay. uh, last year, which I went to speak at his parole hearing and said, I don't feel like he should get out because forgiveness does not mean forgetting. And exactly. It should, forgiveness is not, it's not about them and it's not about excusing them right. from paying the price. Right. So I think everybody should be held accountable for their actions, regardless of what you're doing, because it's about you, not about them. Well, right. And and certain people should not get to hang out in society. They've proven that they shouldn't get to. So, um, and you're and and so how did they figure out? Like, how were they able to figure out it was him? Because at first they didn't know what was going on. Right? They were like, "What in the heck?" Right. So it all came back down to a huge investigation, which this uh, uh, court trial was the, one of the very first televised court trials in history. Um, but also they um, did background checks on everybody in my family, all, all of them were tested, and then it came down to the saying and the people who were like, he's really weird, like... He tries to be a doctor at work and like all these things oh. kind of led up pointing towards him. But I mean, last year at his parole hearing, he did admit to um, intentionally injecting me. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Brian Jackson. And we are back with Brian Jackson in this just extraordinary story. And, and, you know, here you are all of 26 and you're so wise. You have, you have such wise thoughts. I mean, you can tell that you've done the work, sir. You've done the work. Um, I applaud that. But so, so tell us, so he's in jail because of this, correct? Yes, he's okay. in jail because- But um, he had never admitted it until recently. He never admitted it. Yes, he never admitted it until recently. Okay. All right. And- and what, I mean, I as your mother, I can't even imagine your mother in all of this. Like, what What did mom do with all of this? I mean, she had to have, she had to have her own journey with this, obviously, and probably keep herself back from really harming him, you know, after she found this out. What did she do with all of this? I mean, my mom's focus when I was sick was... Um, a major part of it was focused on me. She knew that she didn't have time to get better, go track him down or whatever. It's like she knew what she had to do was to keep her son alive. And so at the time she was going to school to become a doctor, she dropped out of school. Um, she had to quit work on a job just to stay by my bedside 24 seven and make sure I was getting the right uh, medicine, nutrition, all that around the clock because like I said, I was on 22 medications. Some couldn't be taken. Like she figured out the exact way that I could get all those medicines without them interfering with each other. She's a very brilliant woman. Awesome and, mom. Um, so she's always been there for other kids. She says, uh, there's six of us now. Wow. So we have a big family. Um, however, we... Uh, She's just a rock star when it comes to doing these things. 
I mean, um, probably the reason why I choose to persevere is because I've seen her persevere. She was in a car accident where she broke uh, three vertebrae, punctured oh. lung, punctured liver, wasn't supposed to walk again. Um, but you know what? I saw her go from a wheelchair to, um, to just walking and like... Uh, just a couple of years ago, she was coaching three so- uh, a softball team and two baseball teams. Oh, wow. And like, she's just like a rock star. And um, I continue to look up to her. She's uh, very, uh, she taught me the value of uh, freedom by teaching me about World War II veterans. And um, uh, she actually built Greater St. Louis out of flight. And so. Oh, uh, cool. That's a cool thing, the honor flight. Yes, it's very amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the least we could do to, you know, save those who have saved us. But right. But at the same time, um, I wish we could do more, but. But now, did you say she she was part of the, she was one of the people that created that? One of the people who created Greater St. Louis on a flight, yeah. Really? Oh, gosh. So uh, one of my clients um, did that with, they took a bunch of veterans on that flight and then. And then the Chamber of Com- Northwest Chamber of Commerce that I belong to, they did the same thing. It is, it's incredible. It's an incredible way to... So tell, tell them what Honor Flight is. Tell everybody what that so is. So Honor Flight is uh, where they take um, World War II... Well, when it originally started, they wanted to take World War II veterans mm-hmm. because they're... Um, sadly, they're like 80, 90 years old, so they're at the end of their life, but... And they had to wait... Um, you know, before World War II veterans got their memorial, mm-hmm. Vietnam veterans, um, Korean veterans, they all got their monument. But it was right. just until, it wasn't until under George W. Bush that they got the um, World War II monument. Right. But it's just a way to say thank you and say, hey, we want to honor you um, for sacrificing for us during times of trouble by taking you to D.C. so you can see something that honors you. And um, they even go to the Air Force Memorial. They go to the Changing of the Guard, um, which is very amazing. And um, and people write them letters, yeah, right? People, people write them people letters. Write letters that they get letters. to, yeah, and right. I mean, you got to think about this. This was a time where you just did what you had to do. Like, that was your way of just going out for your country. Right. And you didn't talk about it. Right. So, like, for the first time um, in these people's lives and these families' lives, we're helping break down that barrier about allowing them to talk about it. Right. And allowing the family to say, like, listen, I, like, we appreciate you so much for what you've done, not just as a family, right. but as a soldier. And it's just— It's incredible. Okay, well, my—so my, my grandfather, who's no longer with us, but he was in World War II, and— I asked my mom, and my mom was like, "He never talked about it. It's just you did. It's not what you did. You came home, and then you were just expected to get back to real life, you know. Which I can't imagine. I mean, I just can't even. There was you have to process and go through all kinds of steps to be able to get back to that place, and and to just be set right back into everything. Going, all right, here's your life now. That's over. Wow. So it's, that's so cool. Tell your mom, thank you. Thanks, Mom. We're, th- we're thanking her. Yeah. Thank- <laughs> well, she was also an Army veteran her- herself. So okay. 
She's just a short little woman who went into the army because somebody told her she can't. And so <laughs> short, she's yet like, powerful. I'll show you. I love it. I lo- and resilient. I mean, you know, resiliency. And obviously, you are a very resilient person. There's a lot to be said for that. That's just amazing. Wow. So kudos to mom and kudos to you. I think I just, I find it, I just, it's so inspiring to hear. I mean, how you, both of you are people that, you know, maybe things have happened, but you've, you've taken it into this whole other level for people, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, you're like doing the work you've done the work and now you're taking that work and showing other people that they can do it too. Like if this could happen to me, you know what? You too can get to this place of forgiveness and make the choice to, you know, a victory and what have you. So, I mean, I believe that, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. It's greener where you water it. And so that means that we're going to have to get out there, get muddy, get dirty, and, you know, plant those flowers, plant those things. Like, it's just not going to naturally happen. But the beauty of um, rain sometimes, maybe the rain doesn't come to destroy. Mm-hmm. It's just some days I know I'm a little bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get up and water my own garden. And so that's Yay, a nice, rain. funny way of saying like, yeah, here's some sprinkles for you. I think Missouri has too much of that right now. Right now we've but, been over-rained. Uh, but we could we could tone it down a little bit. And, yeah, uh, right. When it rains now, aren't you like, okay, we, we don't need any more. I mean, the, the best way to do anything in life, to be, produce your goals, your riches, your success, is definitely hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, life doesn't get handed to you on a platter. I mean, I speak to kids about this all the time. About um, I ask, you know, who's on a, who's really an overnight success, and they say, oh, Kim Kardashian or mm-hmm. something. And I'm like, no, you got to realize, like, nobody knew the Kardashians until O.J. Simpson happened, right? And then Chris Jenner from that day forward has literally been playing it out until this moment in time to where they explain. And so hard work needs to be consistent and continuous and you can't give up because and that's where I say, you know, suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not fail. And so when we have those stormy days, the storms aren't the problem in life. What the problem is our lack of hope. Right. And we need to grow our hope and we need to grow our dreams and think so big in our dream that there's a special place for us because we're all unique in them. Stop trying to be the next person. Stop trying to be, you know, this person and that person. Like, be you. Be you. And do it well. And put the hard work and effort to show the world what you're made of. No problem. And and when you're, and when you're your best you... Then, then you, it opens you up to be able to celebrate when other people are being the best of themselves, you know, and, and that authenticity. I love authenticity. I think, you know, you can tell when somebody is not being authentic and it just feels weird. So I love when people are very authentic and are like, this is exactly who I am. And, um, and you know, not putting on airs that they're perfect. And, uh, who's perfect? Perfect is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we are going to take another break and we will be right back with Brian Jackson.
Okay, so we are with Brian Jackson. It's question time. Yes. Are you ready? These are all easy though. So who do you most want to hear your story? Like if, you, if, if I could just bring somebody in right now and say, okay, you get to hear this story. He wants you to hear the story. Who would it be? Um, I believe that I would like anybody to listen to my story. I mean, it's not just about my story. It's just a, a conversation for life. And um, I want to start that conversation with anybody I can. A majority of my audience when I'm speaking is to high schools and colleges. I'd love to expand getting the conferences and corporate because I believe that everybody can benefit from hearing the story. But we can all benefit really from just having a conversation of life and shifting our perspective and our mental uh, health and our physical health and our spiritual health and just be ready to rock and roll. Um, not not tomorrow, but like that next hour. And That was a really good answer. Okay, high five. That was an awesome answer. That was an awesome answer. Uh, I love that. You. I love that. That's like one of my most favorite answers ever. That was very good. <laughs> A plus on that one, Brian. <laughs> okay. People Magazine actually featured you as a hero among us. So do you have a personal hero? Um, or heroes? I I would say my mom's my hero. Um, you know, she's, she's just a, a force to be reckoned with. And um, uh, she's helped me through so much. And we continue to help each other. So much. I'm not embarrassed to say I'm a mama's boy. I'm not one of those big mama's boys. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, my aunt's just done so much. Like, I just can't figure out a way to repay her. And so she's like my number one here. You're repaying her every day by being here and, and doing the work you're doing. You know, I mean, your mom has to just be like her heart. I'm sure when someone says your name, her heart has to just grow 500 times. She has to just be like, Brian is awesome. You know what I mean? I mean, believe me, it, you know, as a parent, it's like, that is like the the biggest fear on earth is losing your child. That is like the huge fear that's there. And and to know that, that your child is going to be fine and that your child is doing this amazing work. I mean, your mom's loving you so much for all of this. I'm sure that you are her hero as well, you know? Maybe, I don't know. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. When you see her, will you let her, and then call me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so you're through, what, do you have like an overriding thought every day? Like what, what just keeps you going? Which is, uh, every morning is a blessing to get out of bed. And uh, when things are going wrong, that doesn't mean you're in the right place. It means you're in the right place and you need to shift your perspective. The way that I wake up every morning is that I realize that I was one of the lucky ones out of 155,000 people who didn't make it to today. Wow. And so it would be selfish if I didn't honor those 100, uh, 155,000 people because they didn't get experience, they didn't get experience life here anymore. But you know what? I woke up today. So what am I going to do today that shows that I'm going to give a life worth a legacy? How am I going to dare myself to become something that is better? How am I being better today to get better tomorrow? 
to be better than I was yesterday. I mean, life is not necessarily just something you just live. Like life is a process. It's a learning process. It's a learning experience. And so if we have the ability to wake up today, we can challenge ourselves with one thing, just one simple thing. After we count our blessings, we can just say, you know what? I'm going to work on this. Maybe it's going to the gym. Maybe it's, you know, writing a journal. Maybe it's uh, doing a Facebook live video or a podcast just to express something. Maybe it's simply just waving at people and smiling. Right. But we have the ability to make the world a better place by doing simple acts of kindness. It's so true. And it is. It's simple acts of kindness. It's 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 waving to people as you, I mean, I do this all the time. And I, have, I have this thing where, I think everybody is my friend. You know, like I don't know any strangers. So, you know, I just walk around thinking, oh, I know everybody, you know? And so I'm, I'm always like smiling at people, being kind to people, talking to people. Um, I know for, you know, some of my friends are like, you just talk to everybody. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> is that a problem? <laughs> to me, it's just part of how I am and, and how I am being in the world. But um, I love that idea. And I think it's just, if you can walk around with that smile on your face and just spreading joy, I mean, that's pretty awesome to live that way. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Life isn't about what you can get. It's about what you can give. And uh, if you give all of it away, you have nothing to lose. Right. But you also have everything to gain. Exactly. And you can gain people instead of things that are not valuable. Like sure, TV has a six hundred dollar six maybe a six thousand dollar value these days. <laughs> it's because they're as big but, as yeah. movie theaters. But at you this know what? Point. TVs are replaceable. They have a false value in this world. It's just a complete markup. But do you know what doesn't have a false value? People do not. And you can't mark up people. <laughs> um, but at the, so at the same time, like embrace people, embrace your passion and just simply embrace life with them. And that's, what's going to make the world be a better place. And be loving, be loving in your actions and your words and what have you. That's awesome. Thank you, Brian Jackson. This was a wonder. I thank you. I thank you for being the person you are. Um, I thank you for taking that story and saying, I am going to now do better with all of this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to live in my victimhood and give up. I'm going to choose victory and I'm going to go out and, and do, and help the others do the same. I think it's fabulous. We need more people like you. Thank you so much. But I know there's only one you because we're unique. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. And there's one last thing that I would like to challenge people on. Um, first off, it, there's a question I ask people. Uh, well, it's more of a statement. I said, you can either see the word for what it is or what it can be. And one is a person who lives in the now. And one is somebody who lives in the future and can start seeing the better things. And one is an aspect of hope. So when we think of the word of what it can be, that is hope. And hope is vital. I mean, you continue to on that but thank you for having me here today and if any of the viewers like to uh, follow my journey they can check out my website which is brian b-r-r-y-a-n jackson j-a-c-k-s-o-n dot com or um, I'm on Instagram uh, Twitter and Facebook just 
at Brian B R Y A N two R's. Don't don't forget two Y-N. R's. Yeah, right. Yeah, Did R's. your mom is that legally your name with yes, the two R's? With the two R's. Why does she have a story about the uh, two I R's? I think it. I think it was a cold day. No, I'm kidding. Brian. Uh, <laughs> That's but, uh, so funny. No, there's like a huge story behind that. And I'm, if I'm ever on your show again I and we have more time. Oh, yeah. To, we'll have to share that. Uh, is it is it anywhere? Can anybody find it? Can you, is it, did you ever, have you ever written about it? Um, No, I've not written about it. I've written about it in my book, which hopefully will come out. There you go. Sooner than later. All right. Awesome. So you got to get the book. Yes. If you want to know the two hour story. I need to find a publisher. So and, and if anyone out there wants to publish a really good book, you can call me and I'll get you in touch with Brian. How's that sound? Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian, so much for your inspirational story. Thank you so much for sharing it with the Mishmash podcast audience. We appreciate it. And everyone out there, make sure to subscribe to Mishmash on iTunes. Love you all so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye. Bye.